there's always good food, there's always latest research or whatever. I think it's also important to place emphasis on how do we maximize our physical fitness, optimizing your sleep to making sure your relationships are airtight positive. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya Acosta, and I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. Culinary medicine merges the medical training that physicians receive with the knowledge that chefs receive. And here to speak more about culinary medicine is Dr. Colin Zhu. Dr. Colin Zhu is board certified in family practice, OMT, and lifestyle medicine. Passionate about the intersection of medicine, food, and nutrition, Dr. Zhu trained as a chef and a health coach at the Natural Gourmet Institute of Health and Culinary Arts and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition following completion of his medical degree. To share his unique blend of medical knowledge with a wider audience, Dr. Zhu launched the Chef Doc in 2017, an online wellness and lifestyle education platform, which has been featured in several publications. Dr. Zhu is an international speaker, the author of Thrive Medicine, How to Cultivate Your Desires and Elevate Your Life, and is the podcast host of Thrive Bites, in which he interviews the latest health and wellness experts about incorporating a plant-powered lifestyle, enhancing emotional wellness, and creating a thriving mindset. His latest venture is his signature event for 2021, a self-educational masterclass series experience called The Thrive Formula, where he combines inspiration, education, and practical tools on how to thrive. Here you will learn the five to thrive pillars, food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and emotional resilience. I had so much fun speaking with Dr. Sue, and so I hope that you enjoy this episode. Also make sure to listen to the entire episode because Dr. Sue will offer us a discount code for his Thrive Formula Masterclass. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Dr. Sue. Hello. Hi, Maya. <laughs> I'm uh, super, super stoked to be here. Finally. I want to start off by saying that I'm a big fan of yours and I feel like I follow almost everything that you do. Oh. Um, and it's nice to talk as a fellow podcaster. When you share something, I want to be one of the people that gets a mm. taste of your classes. For example, you mm. did um, not long ago through one of the apps, a audio course. Of course, I read your book. I listened to your podcast. Um, and I recently read an article that you released. So I want to talk about all of that. Um, and <laughs> I love your branding, by the way, everything Thank around you. thriving and thrive medicine and your thrive formula, I think is very inspirational. And I haven't met mm. anyone else in the field of culinary medicine. So I'm excited that mm. we're going to talk about that. Let's start by learning a little bit about yourself. You know, in the past, you've talked about your mom playing a significant role in terms of really role modeling for you. Um, putting patients first when it comes to medicine. So tell us mm -hmm. about her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So number one, um, thank you for having me on. Um, I have 
much, you know, mutual admiration and respect for you. Uh, you and your husband do, you know, such great work and just putting out so much love and service into the world. So definitely, you know, thank you for showing up the way that you do. And uh, I'm happy to be here. So, um, so basically, um, I'm Colin Zhu. Um, my journey started uh, <laughs> pretty much out of the womb um, when my mom started talking to me. Um, you know, basically, she's, uh, you know, she recounts a lot of stories of growing up. And she's originally from Hong Kong. Both of my parents are immigrants. I'm a first generation immigrant child. And, um, you know, growing up on the Northeast, uh, we definitely lived, you know, humble beginnings. And, um, you know, my mother has been a practicing traditional Chinese medical uh, doctor for four decades now. Um, she's done acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine. She now practices more like functional medicine, um, detox programs and fasting programs. So, um, you know, suffice to say, she's a, you know, well of knowledge. And the biggest values that I was taught from her um, has been compassion, empathy, and really looking at people in a holistic, you know, manner. And, um, you know, definitely been blessed um, for that. And to kind of have that perspective from the get go meant a lot uh, to me, because it allowed me to kind of open uh, my scope of view um, for life, for, you know, wellness, for health, for people, um, and so she taught me a lot of, you know, values and, um, you know, from that, I was able to kind of flourish, um, and take my life, um, in many various different types of, um, you know, pathways, which I'm very, you know, humbled to have been on. Um, so I, you know, she practices, you know, Chinese medicine. I thought I was going to go into medical school, blending both Eastern and Western philosophies. Suffice to say, I did not, you know, uh, follow through with that um, because there was a lot of, um, you know, patient, every patient that came through our doors battled with some sort of chronic lifestyle related disease, whether it's diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure, heart disease, things like that. And at the time, uh, my alma mater um, didn't equip me enough to prepare me to be able to take that on. It didn't, wa- ma- didn't matter whether someone had a cough or just low back pain. Um, they still had some sort of chronic component or risk factor attached to them. And so, you know, coming from the background that I have came on, um, I realized that I needed to take other detours. I needed to take a lot of other roads. And even though it was a very, it was a much longer journey, it was a much longer pathway for myself. Um, it provided me a lot of great lessons, um, a lot of new doors and opportunities and experiences that I probably wouldn't have experienced otherwise, having gone through a more traditional route. And so, um, you know, like you said, Maya, I got myself uh, certified in health coaching because I really needed to understand from a different point of view of how to be someone's advocate, um, how to be someone's cheerleader. And uh, you're not really necessarily taught that in school and training. Um, and I went into culinary school because I wanted to learn more than just nutrition. I wanted to know what, you know, what food was all about where it came from, how it was grown, how it's prepared, how to, you know, taste profiles, you know, combined, you know, et cetera. And then uh, I did that in between medical school and training. And then I just took that education to do various other things. So 
the fact that you have this interest in caring and putting the patient first, I think perhaps many physicians who enter the field have that interest initially and then reality hits, right? And uh, you're very limited with patients. And so when I learned about this um, background of yours, mainly because of the influence of your mom, then it made sense. I kind of said, let's define what osteopathic medicine is for people mm-hmm. who are may not be uh, as familiar. And you sort of just sure. described it, but uh, if you'd like to kind of explain a little bit more, it's just taking the whole person approach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So osteopathic medicine um, is basically doctors who have a DO um, at the end of their name. So they're not MDs, they're DOs. And they stand for a couple of things, either one doctor of osteopathy or doctor of osteopathic medicine, both with the same um, you know, um, uh, initials. And basically, it was created by uh, Dr. Andrew Taylor Steele, uh, still, and uh, he was an MD, and he kind of pioneered um, and founded osteopathy back in the late uh, 1800s, right around the time that uh, basketball was discovered, actually. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, you got to love these pioneers, right? So, um, so with that, the, you know, just to make it simple, it's exactly the same as a medical doctor in the United States, right? So we can practice medicine, we can practice surgery, um, you know, we can do everything. The only difference is, is that in schooling, you have 300 extra hours of manual manipulation. Basically, we use um, our hands to be able to uh, diagnose and treat somatic dysfunction. And that's basically a dysregulation, um, whether it be on the top of the body, all the way down to organ level, we are able, we're trained and able to sense different variations and irregularities, if you will, um, you know, on that, you know, tangible physical level. So it's almost like, very similar, but not quite similar if you combined, you know, massage therapy and chiropractic, you know, but it goes way beyond, you know, that. So that's the, that's the easiest analogies and references I can uh, uh, give to people. But yeah, it's 300 extra training. So it, in essence, we actually have more training than medical doctors. So. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, yes. And I'm glad that you emphasize that. Now, when it comes to culinary medicine, uh, the best way, your the article that you recently wrote for the Health Science Magazine really was so put together in a way that helps someone like myself understand the differences. And I thought that we could kind of explore that topic a little bit um, so that our listeners could understand because you have the strength of both, of uh, an actual physician. So you have that knowledge of being a physician, but you also have the training as a chef and also a health coach that helps marry or merge both of those practices to be even more effective with patients. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is culinary medicine? Yeah. So basically culinary medicine is, you know, exactly what you said. You're blending pretty much the science of nutrition, um, you know, with the culinary arts and its application is really to use food, um, is, you know, is medicine and as medicine, uh, whether it's a tool, whether it is a RX or a prescription. Um, and it is really, uh, utilizing the understanding of how food can be in a way therapeutic and healing, 
right? Um, there's a great quote. I forget where it comes from, um, but basically, you know, I would paraphrase it in a way that you know, when you, whenever you put something into your mouth, into your system, it either does one or two things: it either feeds health or feeds disease. And so, you know, when you have that kind of perspective on, you know, because if you think about your digestive tract, the only exposure it can get to the outside world is basically whatever you put inside of it, right? And so, you know, in that vein, you have to kind of be a little bit mindful and wise in terms of what you put into it, right? It's kind of like I use a lot of car analogies. And, you know, if you really value and prioritize your car and you want to maintain it, you know, for as long as possible, you know, do you put, you know, higher grade fuel in it or you, you know, put in the lowest grade, right? It just depends on how you prioritize it, right? And on the same vein, it's like, I kind of feel that most people maintain their cars better than they do their bodies. So I would tell a patient, hey, Mr. Smith, you know, if you kind of think about, you know, cars, a car is everything everyone can relate to, right? So if I were to tell you, you know, you only get one car and you cannot, you know, sell back, buy back, sell out the lease, you know, buy a new one, switch it out. You can't do any of that. And if I were to tell you, you only get one car, you know, what would you do? You know, you would do your best to maintain it um, to the best of your ability. And that's what your physical body, um, you know, is. And to me, the driver is the mental slash emotional uh, part, the, the mental health, as you will. And I think more and more now, because of the pandemic, people are understanding that they're not really two separate entities. And for me, it doesn't make sense to separate these things because, you know, they all are housed under one unit, um, you know, which is your physical body. And, um, you know, going back to osteopathy, you know, osteo osteopathic medicine knew this from the beginning. And so they knew that's part of the four tenets that, you know, body, mind and spirit, you know, we have to be able to cater to all three. Um, so yeah, culinary medicine is just, but another tool, um, out of our arsenal of tool sets, just like medicine and just like surgery, um, to be able to offer to someone, um, as part of their, uh, therapeutic, um, repertoire. Now I've seen you do several food demonstrations in a, in a patient kind of office setting. Would, how would you take that approach when speaking about nutrition with a patient? So it depends uh, being trained in family medicine and having seen like thousands of patients in family practice, you pretty much meet everyone on the spectrum. So, you know, I've met people who are extreme carnivores to extreme vegans um, and everyone in between. And to me, I don't really push, you know, uh, my viewpoints, quote unquote. It's really about, you know, uh, you know, three, it comes down to three things. You know, I teach from a whole food plant-based approach. So I tell them just to eat more plants. Okay. And we, we can all afford to eat more plants with little, if no side effects, you know, 97% of Americans um, are deficient in fiber, you know, which is one of the most essential nutrients that we don't really talk about. Um, and uh, it really depends on the individual, where they come from, what is their relationship with food, what's their relationship with nutrition, what is our kitchen, how is it set up? Um, you know, do they work a lot? Do they eat in, eat out, cook for themselves, not cook for themselves? Do they do this with others? It's, um, you have to do some really, um, you know, sit down, you have, you have to sit down with them and talk it out to kind of see where they're at, because if you don't have an understanding of where they're at, you can't really guide them to the next step. 
You know, speaking of that, when you talk about like really interviewing uh, your patients to figure out where they are, one of the things that you've spoken about is honoring that diversity and their cultural background. So being very sensitive to that. So as to not prescribe or provide recipes that are outside of what the individuals are accustomed to. Uh, which I really like. That's something that we have to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's, you know, very important to respect someone's cultural background, ethnicity and uh, views. And um, at the end of the day, food uh, means a lot uh, to people um, on many different levels. Um, And so it's very important to understand, you know, what is their relationship to food and what makes them comfortable, you know, because food is comfort for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Now, um, also the advantage that you have with your training in culinary medicine is like when I was thinking about a friend of ours that's a dietitian, we were recently having this conversation about how successful she is with one of her clients, um, but she cannot adjust his medication. So she's put him on the right foods to lower the blood pressure. But now she has to consult or speak with his physician. And you know how that goes when you get more people involved. The difference is that um, you yourself can do both. You can educate the patient in terms of how nutrition affects their health. And then you can also adjust their medication. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So currently, um, I have my own private practice, um, you know, doing lifestyle medicine consulting, um, you know, tele, uh, tele, telehealth uh, virtually now. And uh, we have that ability to, you know, de-prescribe. Um, that is pretty much, you know, one of the favorable outcomes of being able to utilize lifestyle medicine, um, you know, to be able to see the patient. So, um, and, you know, we do this with and without the conjunction of their primary doc, if they, you know, have a primary doc. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about teamwork. So. Mm-hmm. And by the way, congratulations, you're now part of the plant-based telehealth practice. <laughs> uh, here on the podcast, I often um, promote telemedicine. Just I want people to feel comfortable with taking that approach. I know that we're often in our local area asked if we know of plant-based primary physicians or other specialists. And believe it or not, despite the fact that we live in one of the four, what is it, one of the top four cities, largest cities in Texas, we still have like a small percentage of people, of uh, practitioners that have jumped on board when it comes to plant-based nutrition. So we're very limited. And so for me, the best thing to do is to say to my listeners and other people here, have you ever considered telemedicine? (laughs) Um, Telehealth is, is pretty good. It's very convenient. You can be at home. So, <laughs> yes, yes, I am licensed in Texas and taking new patients. So, are you really? I did not know that. And so, that was going to be my na- my next question. Uh, tell us more. Like, where can you practice? Which states? Um, so, currently, I reside. Um, I'm working from Southern California. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey. I have license in both of them. So, how telemedicine works is you can only see someone in a different state where you're licensed in and where you're physically located in. So if you are physically located in Texas and if I have a license there, then I can, you know, I can see you. Okay. So we have the ability to cross state lines um, and to do this once you're able uh, to be licensed. And um, I think the plus side of uh, the pandemic has um, been that, you know, telemedicine is, you know, normalized now. Um, So, you know, all my work uh, seeing patients has been virtual. Um, Only this year, we are deciding to actually uh, open to see new patients in person, but, you know, not quite yet, um, you know, later down the line. But 
Um, yes, I can see. So I have licenses in Texas. I see pa- uh, patients in California, Washington, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, Florida, and uh, just added the state of West Virginia. That's wonderful. So, and that's really the hardest part is obtaining the license, right? It's not that you don't necessarily want to um, work with other people in throughout the country. No, no. As much as we want, we wish, I'm sure all doctors can agree that, you know, we wish there was a national license, uh, but no, no. <laughs> Politics forbid this. <laughs> I know. Uh, so um, I wanted to go back. So in, in preparation for for our conversation, of course, I'm doing research. And one of the things that, that I was uh, surprised about when it comes to you is that you have been around when it comes to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and um, all of that uh, very early on since I think I've heard you say 2013. Um, you were one of the original kind of small group. Uh, were you on the board at the time? Mm-hmm. We, uh, me and a couple others, we started um, a board for residents and medical students. Uh, so we it was called, um, uh, let's see, professionals in training. So we started the first board, me and two or three others. Um, so we started that back in 2013. And that's when lifestyle medicine, I felt, you know, uh, I felt like was my professional home or professional tribe. And it was really the type of specialty and profession that, you know, that called to me. And up until then, I followed a lot of different people. You know, as you can imagine, my mother being, you know, who she is, and uh, I was really open to different types of modalities, right? So I studied and followed, you know, integrative medicine docs, I followed uh, functional uh, medicine docs, not uh, naturopathic, you know, a lot. I followed a lot. And lifestyle medicine was the one that called to me. Um, it made the most sense. And it just flowed naturally in my own lifestyle. Um, because I think it's a great p- uh, profession to take self-accountability for as well. So um, I work very hard to be able to, you know, uh, walk my talk and practice what I preach. You are really working to help educate young doctors. It's your hope to get more people to be interested in culinary medicine, not just lifestyle medicine, but choose culinary medicine as a field. Uh, that's a good question, whether I want people to be more involved in culinary medicine. I think it's important to bring awareness. Um, I think it's important to kind of, you know, educate what is out there because lifestyle medicine is interesting because I'm actually about to give a talk to a residency group um, as well. And in all its different types of applications, it's hard to actually pin down uh, what has been done, what is going on right now and what has yet to be done. I, I, I really enjoy it because there, there's just so many different types of applications you can use and you can use to kind of iterate. For me, it's not necessarily um, just about culinary medicine um, because to me, um, similar to my mother, um, I do, uh, you know, I, I do make sure that every, you know, almost every pillar is prioritized as best as possible. Obviously, food nutrition is always a ever evolving field um, and profession. And, you know, and that's one of the, you know, that's one of the most exciting things that we talk about at the conference, there's always good food, there's always, you know, some latest research or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's also important, just as important to place emphasis on other things, right? On, you know, how do we maximize our, you 
you know, physical fitness, you know, to not just be bodybuilders. That's not, to me, that's not really the goal, um, to work well functionally, right. To not break down if, you know, to, to kind of like hurt your back from, you know, just, you know, picking something up from the can, uh, from the ground to reaching something to the cabinet, you know, to remain flexible, to maintain your muscles, um, et cetera. Um, to optimizing your sleep, to, you know, making sure your relationships are, you know, airtight positive, you know, I'm saying there's a, a, a great Harvard study, 75 to 80 years old, uh, study, long-term study on, um, human development. And it showed that, um, you know, having relationships in your life has one of the biggest predictive, uh, factors for health and longevity. So, you know, and I take that even further, you know, in, in my masterclass series, the Thr- Thrive Formula, I, I talk not just about relationships because we popularly think that it's just about another person, but more so it's really about the relationship with yourself, you know? So self-care is really important, uh, for those that are healthcare, um, you know, professionals. It is, there is a real thing called, physician wellness, physician burnout, physician suicide. Um, those are real issues. Um, and so it's important to, you know, take that time out for yourself um, and fill up your own cup. And I think that makes us as better human beings. And I think that makes us as better um, providers, uh, as better, you know, um, caregivers um, for others um, when we can operate in that vein. Um, I mean, there's just so much more, but uh, yeah, food is usually at the top that we talk about, but it's about making sure that we have a solid foundation all the way around. And I think the the best way to convince people is through, for example, food demos. Um, any idea if you will go to the conference this year and will you be involved? Will you be giving a demo or speaking? <laughs> Um, actually, yes, I can say that. Um, so I was invited back to do another uh, culinary medicine uh, uh, workshop. So I'll be there. It's actually going to be the exact same place as 2019, which is the last time I was there. So that's right. Okay, so this time I'm going to sign up. And by the way, yeah, as you know, it was supposed to happen here last year. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was disappointed that no one came to my city. <laughs> so eventually, I- I know, hopefully one one day. So you just touched on your uh, masterclass, the Thrive Formula Masterclass. Can we talk about that? Is it yes. still available to people? And yes. thank you for inviting myself and, and Riz to be part of it and to speak about community. So yes. what is this program about and who is it for? Yeah, so it's basically something that I created um, th- with the mindset that I wish I had something like this when I was in medical school. So most of how I got here was birthed um, pretty much from my frustrations during medical school. And it's not, you know, I love my uh, alma mater. I think they're doing great work. They even have a lifestyle medicine club and they, you know, are, you know, just starting a culinary medicine um, component to their curriculum, which I'm super excited about. And, you know, I've given a couple of uh, speaking events there too as well. Uh, So I love them. but, you know, and if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't have gone through all these detours. Um, but basically, the Masterclass series is, again, based off of those five pillars. And um, I really enjoyed, I have enjoyed a lot of different kinds of conferences, whether it be medical versus personal uh, growth conferences. Um, and I love tra- uh, traveling. I love connecting. And so I took all those experiences and um, I interviewed pretty much around 50 uh, speakers, um, you know, in 
their respective pillars. So we have doctors, chefs, dietitians, therapists, coaches, entrepreneurs, just people who are really passionate and really good at their craft. And, um, you know, you, you, you and, uh, Dr. Riz are, are there. Um, and I love, uh, your contribution to the community pillar. Um, so it's, uh, it, it it's really been a, a gift and a blessing. And, um, it's, it's a self-paced, uh, evergreen, um, on-demand educational platform. So, you know, there's like 50 plus hours, you know, um, and, uh, you have three ways of, you know, um, accessing it. And it's really meant for the people that are health and wellness oriented, on the fence, curious, want to learn at their own pace. Um, we also had it accredited. So, you know, for those that are healthcare providers looking for CME or CNE, um, you can get medical credits, um, up to 20 uh, credits and nursing, um, can also get up to 20 credits as well. Um, you know, we are in a process of, uh, of, you know, trying to get it accredited in other places as well, but it just shows that you know, people are hungry for this type of information. And um, I wanted to do my own spin um, on it. And it took me like seven months to kind of put everything together. But it is something that is, you know, here to stay. And uh, yeah. And I suppose we'll have a link in the show notes to the yeah. course if people want to sign up. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I'll give your listeners, um, I'll give your listeners fifteen percent off. Um, you know, just for uh, participating. So, yeah. um, you know, because I really, I really want people. I really want to be able to give because there's so much information out there, right? And um, everyone claims that they're a health expert, and you know, pretty much I had to kind of handpick you know, the people that I wanted to really dispense knowledge, um, you know, for, uh, that I would love to learn from, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I handpicked, you know, all my speakers, um, to be able to put this, uh, series together. Well, I appreciate that. In a sense, I guess um, they've been vetted in a sense, because sometimes <laughs> you get somebody on the podcast. And if you d haven't done your homework, you're like, whoa, that's a different yeah. perspective than what I encourage people. I also enjoyed uh, listening and learning from other people in the program. I think that you've done a great job. You're really helping to spread the information in, in a very relaxed manner. Um, mm. So, for example, your Thrive Medicine book. So I listen mm -hmm. to the audio version of it. So I take walks on a regular basis. And so that's mm -hmm. when I enjoy a good book. And mm -hmm. you were so open about your life and sharing personal stories. And then also mm -hmm. creating a, like a, a formula as well in terms of how mm -hmm. people can can see the positive side of life in a mm. way so that they can find ways that they can thrive. And so mm. that one, when did you publish that book? That book was published uh, at the end of 2017. So December 2017. So it's going to be coming up five years now. Wow. And I think I heard you say that there might be a second book. <laughs> It, are you working on something? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping in the works. I, I in the works. I'm I'm hoping to put out another book. You know, by by this year. So, do you have like a coach or a mentor that has guided you through all of this? Not at all. Everything is DIY. <laughs> so when I so okay, so let me back up for a second. So none of this was planned. The book was never planned. The podcast was never planned. Um, you know, me doing 
you know, getting on the speaker circuit was never planned. Um, you know, the masterclass series never planned. I have zero experience on any of these things, right? I probably failed English and literature in high school many times over. Um, you know, podcasting, I've never listened to a podcast before starting my podcast. Um, you know, I didn't know what equipment to get. And, you know, you just, you know, we were talking offline. I'm like, how's this new equipment? You know, so <laughs> it took me a long time to upgrade because I felt like what I was using worked, right? Um, the Chinese is just that, you know, it's like, if it works, you know, just, you know, you don't need to bother with it. So we just want to make sure it works. Um, but yeah, I have zero experience in any of that. And I think it's really, um, when that expression, when you have a will, there's a way, right? So if you are really passionate about something and you really enjoy, you feel like there's something about it that you want to give towards others, um, you'll figure out a way, you'll figure out a way if you know what your, you know, your purpose, your mission in life is, what you know, what your gifts are, you'll find a way to be able to share that, whether it's through, you know, music, arts, movies, you know, journaling, whatever, you know, um, I highly recommend that, you know, take the time to cultivate and hone that craft um, and make sure that it's authentically you. I think I'm very happy to say that, you know, even though I followed a very, very atypical path, um, I did it in a way that's been the most honest and authentic um, to myself, you know, um, and I didn't have to ask permission, um, you know, from anyone. And I did it on my own terms. And, and so it was very important to me that, you know, I did things in a non-regretful way, you know, so no matter the outcome. Right. No matter the outcome. And it's also gratifying when you're tapping into your own creative side. Now, the podcast. Have you ever experienced burnout as a podcaster? And where are you mm. with that today? So my podcast is called Thrive Bites. Um, it was started in May of 2019. Um, and uh, kind of like the book, um, I never got to explain my book. My book was, you know, going back to my book real, uh, real, real quick second, it's kind of, uh, it's basically you know, a half memoir, half, you know, self-empowerment uh, type of book. Um, and I really cared about sharing with others on how to thrive. Um, because I was been up until, you know, writing that book. Um, and still, I'm very happy to say is that I've been able to thrive in my own life personally and professionally. So I, I really needed to put those things down. The podcast, um, you know, also came about in a very similar vein where, you know, traveling is a huge passion of mine and traveling, um, you know, gives me a lot of light bulbs. It helps me to cross paths with people from different kinds of walk of, uh, walks of life that I normally wouldn't. And, um, you know, I, you know, I uh, wanted to kind of share light bulb moments with people. Um, I love conversations. I love really relaxed and casual conversations like we're having right now. It's kind of like coffee, you know, with friends and just to help people turn on light bulbs, you know, and I, if I can do that for others, then, you know, why not? So I've uh, pretty much created an interview show uh, to do that. And it's uh, really talking about three things, uh, plant powered living, enhancing emotional resilience and creating a thriving mindset. And so, um, we're in our fifth season. Um, at the time of this recording, we just released, uh, episode four, uh, for season five. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been going, going strong. Um, I think we have around, I don't know exactly how many episodes. I think we're around like 120 or so in the one teens, 120, something like that. So I don't really keep count anymore. Uh, once you go past a hundred, you kind of lose count. 
Um, and uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. We've tried uh, live streaming uh, with a Q&A in the past. Uh, the first three seasons were purely audio. And so we kind of shifted and see like, oh, let's see what it would be like, you know, live streaming and having an audience to Q&A. And, uh, you know, that passed. That was interesting. And then this season, we're still keeping it video and audio, um, but still we're just pre-recording right now. So, but we are getting a really cool host of lineup of guests for this season. So I'm glad that you're sort of mentioning it. I wonder how the live streaming went because I was that person that was very afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. And people were trying to push me to do it. Oh, come on, Maya, you're too, you always want everything to be perfect. And it's like, no, I just want to have internet connection. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) I just want to, you know, people to actually be able to listen in. And I've heard people, I've seen people struggle with that. So I I still have not done that. But also like this, you know, pre-record, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to share yeah. and um, and edit whatever you want to do. Oh, I didn't answer your question. Um, the burnout a little bit was from the live streaming, actually, because um, it was a little bit more challenging because you have to be at the si- same time every week, right? You're hoping um, that every guest, you know, shows up, right? Internet is good, right? Uh, the equipment has not failed. You have good lighting, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, I added on another responsibility in addition to playing hosts and cameraman, um, you know, and, and every behind the scenes was I had to check for comments and check for questions and, you know, kind of put those on the screen and answer them and try to get my guests to answer them at the same time. So that was, um, pretty much a lot more plates to juggle. So it was a lot more stressful than enjoyable, I have to admit. Um, so that's why I've reverted back to um, just, you know, pre-recording and it's just more flexible with the scheduling and a uh, little bit more relaxed for me. So same here. I don't know if you can spot my little dog. Oh, is that Poppy? Yes, that's Papi Chulo. He's asleep right now. I have him so well trained. He knows when mommy's sitting here looking at the camera, I have to be quiet right there. But I cannot do that every day. I have to be very strategic in exercising him, making sure he takes care of his business, feeding him and all of that so that I can sit here comfortably. So there's no way I can live stream every day. Um, So I know that in the past you have gone to conferences. You probably Mm -hmm. get as excited maybe as Mm -hmm. I do about the connections that you make. Uh, any plans to attend anything this year? And do you ever plan on giving a lecture or a talk at one of the podcast conferences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good questions. Um, I am attending virtually the the podcast. Uh, is it Evolutions or Movement? Um, it's the same company, um, you know, later in March. Um, so I'll be doing that virtually. And um, I've had um, actually submitted talks before. Um, but uh, podcasting talks are very popular. Everyone <laughs> wants to do a talk. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, my niche is just very different. So, um, so not quite yet, uh, but I have been submitting. So we got to figure it out. And so the uh, podcast movement itself this year will be here in Dallas. So I am super excited. It won't be far from where I live. So mm, I plan on uh, enjoying that. So yeah, so uh, you say you have a good lineup of guests this year. Um, <laughs> I want to focus more and more on mental health. Mm-hmm. And one of your key points is emotional resiliency. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about that and, and what your hopes are in terms of um, how you want to approach this on the podcast? 
for those of you that follow me on social media, I've definitely uh, shared a very vulnerable uh, post not that long ago. And uh, for me, it was kind of everything coming to a head where, you know, you would imagine despair would feel like, you know, um, I've over my time, I've battled with, you know, chronic anxiety, I've had depressive moments, and, um, you know, OCD, obsessive compulsive, uh, you know, disorder. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, relating from one human being to another human being, um, to let people know that, you know, even people you look up to, or, you know, people you think is a professional, or, you know, even you, you hear this on, on on the media, too, like your, your favorite actor, athlete or musician or, you know, movie star, you know, going down a low point, you know, because we're all human, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we are, you know, I think suffering is inevitable. Um, I think it's about how you, um, I, I like to, I, I also like to use that uh, surfing analogies. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, different kinds of stressors represent, you know, waves of the ocean, right? Small waves, big waves, you have no control on what's coming. Um, the only thing you can do is practice is to practice how you how well you surf on that surfboard. And every time you get knocked off, as long as you try to get back onto that surfboard is really the premise of all this, you know, whether you try to seek out therapy or coaching or, you know, um, different types of modalities to help you at, you know, try to re- Reach out, t- take the first step, um, try to, you know, find support and health. And I think that over time, you know, we viewed mental health as very taboo. And I think with the pandemic and with, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything we face as a nation, um, you know, historically, uh, people are, you know, accepting that more and more that, you know, mental health is a huge, you know, growing issue, um, you know, affecting especially more marginalized, uh, you know, populations. But there's always a way, you know what I'm saying? So um, there's always a way, there's always resources out there. You're never alone. You don't have to do it alone. And it's about taking the first steps um, to really getting yourself, you know, on that path. You just have to, you know, allow yourself. I think the biggest courage and strength is really getting up, um, you know, getting up and rising up from your lowest point. So thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, I commented when you made that post, I just really admire you for being so open about your struggles. I I love when you, you said that you wanted to cover that on your podcast. I, I said, well, this is how we do it by making it uh, safe and kind of normalizing the conversation, like making it normal to talk about these struggles that we have that I suffer with anxiety, I've had panic disorders, um, or panic attacks in the past. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been at the hospital thinking I'm having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you know how, you know, and people being like, Oh, here we go again with you. And so I'm in a better place today. But it's it has taken me seeking help. You're right. We don't know what people live with every day, what battles are mm-hmm. happening within. So I appreciate you um, talking about it. And now it's going to be a topic that you cover a little bit more as it is. You were already covering emotional resiliency. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It de- definitely covering. But I think it's important, you know, for others to know that, uh, you know, it's important to to share, you know. And so I felt like 
it was right to share. So I just did so. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. You love to travel. So you've done missions, medical uh, mission trips. Um, and you also combine your running with traveling. So you, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to know where you are in terms of how many states have you covered because you wanted to mm-hmm. run in all 50 states at one point. <laughs> no, that's still the point. <laughs> that's still the point. Um, so 50 states by, by 50. So um, I'll be turning, uh, I'll be turning 38 next week. So um so I've completed 28 states. Um, I've completed 28 states. Um, no, no, I take that back. I've completed 30, actually. Yeah, yeah, I miscounted. Yeah, um, going for another one this this year. I'll be in Utah later on this year. And um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, pandemic has definitely put a damper in terms of traveling. But what I love about traveling and is similar to what I, why I love cooking is the fact that I get to use all my senses and I get to be out, you know, in nature. I think nature t- for me has been the greatest teacher. Um, you know, once, you know, my parents have been able to give me what they could um, to the best of their abilities, right? Um, you know, me traveling, putting myself out there by myself and literally like metaphorically and literally, you know, going through the ups and downs. Um, you know, it really, it really teaches you something. And, um, I think lessons are to be learned once you are open and aware of them and you're ready to take them in. Um, and so I've been really blessed and humbled to kind of take in a lot of lessons, hence, you know, my need to write the book, do the podcast and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, traveling, uh, was put on a damper for, um, you know, during the pandemic, but definitely looking towards the future and, uh, for racing as well, because, um, I love, uh, I love racing with a purpose, um, especially when I can combine that with traveling as well. So maybe this has been a time for all of us to kind of rest a little bit from so mm-hmm. much that we already sure. do. Is there anything else that I could have asked or is anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I have a lot of exciting things coming up for this year. So we are hoping to, me and my mother were, were actually planning on uh, combining practices together um, and actually having a... Um, you know, uh, an actual in-person, you know, practice, you know, uh, we just move uh, further down to Southern California. So, you know, we're, we're happy about that. Um, I'm in a new space, new chapter, new energy for this year. Uh, This year is definitely, you know, much different than last year. Not, not so, not so much so because, you know, um, of the, where we are with the pandemic, but it's just, you know, you just kind of have to be aware of like where you are in life, you know, and, uh, you know, understanding of where you align with certain things. Um, and so for me, um, you know, I do my best to, f- you know, further my work and most importantly is doing that with others. Um, you know, the thrive formula, um, you know, the slogan for, uh, uh, thrive formula is ready to thrive, um, you know, together. And to me, it's really about, you know, you can't really enjoy life, uh, without, you know, the, the, the support of others, you know, your family, your friends, people that, you know, respect you, admire, you know, things like that. So it's always much more fun to do that. Um, so yeah, we're looking to build a uh, practice. Um, and, uh, I also have another project that's, you know, coming out and crossing fingers. If it does, uh, if we get to a certain point that we want to, um, then we can, uh, 
uh, definitely uh, announce more about it at the conference in, uh, oh. in, in lifestyle medicine. Yes, so. mm-hmm. wonderful. So many things to look forward to. What is the best way for people to learn more about you, your podcast, your masterclass, all of that? Yeah, so I have two main websites, um, chefdoczoo.com, so C-H-E-F-D-O-C-Z-H-U. Uh, that one is my main uh, website where you get to learn a little bit more about me, um, you know, what I offer, um, you know, different resources. It's really a platform to kind of help people go to the next step. Um, and so I try to, you know, put in as many uh, great resources as I can. I've created a lot of, you know, booklets and handouts and uh, just references. Um, so you can find my social media handles from there. The second website is uh, the thriveformula.co. Um, so THR no, number five, uh, the thriveformula.co. And again, um, that gives you access um, to the educational system. And um, there is a free session there. So, you know, I do a uh, food demo um, and I teach at the same time. Um, you know, the, the system is really about, you know, uh, other guests teaching their stuff. So it's a wealth and body of information. You get credits, like I said, continuing medical and nursing credits. So we're super stoked about that. Um, yeah. So those are my two main ways of uh, reaching out to me. Wonderful. And also telehealth. So if individuals, patients would like to see you, do they go to the plant-based telehealth website? Yes, plantbasedtelehealth.com. Um, you know, I'm there with a team of uh, nine physicians. We're a team of nine. Um, but we all represent our own private practice. Um, so we partner with uh, plant-based telehealth. Great bunch of people. We are looking to be the, the biggest, um, you know, first national, uh, lifestyle medicine telehealth company. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, to be able to, in my in my opinion, being able to practice lifestyle medicine to its fullest extent, um, I'm sure you know Maya that you know when you go to these things, um, you are super educated. You know you're super you know really really informed from all these great you know lecturers, keynotes, and 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 talks. Um, but to me, application wise, um, there's just so many different ways of applying. And so for me, I was really excited to join uh, with this organization to kind of really just focus on lifestyle medicine and serving that, you know, with others. So I'm a, we're a team of nine. Um, I'm licensed in California, Texas, New Jersey, Connecticut, Florida, Washington, and West Virginia. Okay. Wonderful. Well, congratulations again for being part of that team. It, it is a great team. I'm familiar with all of them. Um, and Dr. Lori Marbus and mm-hmm. uh, what she does, and she too has a podcast. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So thank you so much, Dr. Colin Zhu, for being with us today. I know that we've been trying to make this happen and it finally did. And um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully being in the same space again in the future at a conference or, or something. Yeah. 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 That'd be nice. That'd be nice to see the both of you. Yeah. Thank you again. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to spread our message. Thanks for listening.